0: grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ dear friends if Satan wanted to take over Columbus Indiana he would close down all the bars get rid of prostitution and pornography and opioids he would put an end to foul language And he would encourage children to respect their parents and to say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. And he would make sure that all of the churches are filled on Sunday mornings with people listening to ministers not preaching about Jesus and him crucified. All the devil needs to succeed is to make sure that the real Christ is not proclaimed. Our false Christ this evening is Jesus the therapist, or we might say Jesus the life coach. Now this false Christ promises to increase your joy, reduce your stress, give you peace, patch up your relationships, and increase your happiness and your self-esteem. Roman numeral one in your outline. Jesus, the life coach, will help you achieve a more victorious life. And that's the key word. We're talking about victorious living. This goes back to the 19th century, uh, the Keswick movement that began in England, the German higher life movement. We're talking about victory over sin. Victory over negativity and personal problems. Now, there's a deception but behind all of this. Point A in your outline, the deception is this, that there are two kinds of Christians in the world. There are the ordinary Christians, and there are the extraordinary ones. There are those who are merely saved, and those on a higher level, more sanctified life. And it goes like this. You know, it's great to be saved, it's nice to be forgiven, but you don't want to stay there. You have to move on beyond that. God has more in store for you. He wants you to reach a higher level of living. He wants you to have a more satisfying life than the one you have now. He wants you to attain to the next level of sanctity, to live your best life now. And the way you reach that next level is by doing more. It's by trying harder. It's by doubling down on the law. And the law here is defined as God's principles that will enable you to take control of of your life Jesus becomes a therapist a life coach kind of a new Moses and he wants you to stop thinking negative thoughts to cease indulging negative emotions refuse defeat be a victor not a victim And don't let little things upset you. And when you're going through tough times, talk to yourself like this. Things don't happen to me, they happen for me. Reprogram your thoughts. Visualize where you want to go. Think better, and you will live better. That's Jesus. As therapist as life coach and it sounds terrific I mean don't you want a better life than the one you have today are you really satisfied with where you're at now would your life be more fulfilling if you made some adjustments or tweaked it here or there you see that's very appealing and those are not bad questions. I think there's some truth in them. But are those the questions Christ came to answer? Letter B, the real Jesus, the one who died for your sins, gets left behind as we strive toward a higher level of living, a more victorious life. Jesus the therapist is dangerous because it views Christ crucified as merely the starting point or the launching pad to get you somewhere else. Jesus becomes just another means to an end. Now, St. Paul lived among the Corinthian Christians for a year and a half ministering to them, and this is how he summed up his ministry in that 18 months. He said, I resolve to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. You see, all the Corinthians needed to know and all that you and I need to know and the entire content of Holy Scripture can be summed up in that phrase. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Roman numeral 2, the real Jesus, the Jesus of Scripture, doesn't deal with life adjusting. He deals with our real problem that goes much deeper, and that problem is sin. Our real problem is not our inability to achieve a higher level of living, our real problem is that we continue to jump back into the pit of sin. That's our problem. And this is why Isaiah wrote these words, all of our righteous deeds are like filthy rags in the sight of God. Isaiah 64, 6. That's why St. Paul wrote, the good that I want to do, I don't do. Now, he's not saying there that he never does anything good. He's saying that while he's doing the good, evil accompanies it. It always does. Give you an example. My wife recently flew out of Cincinnati, and you know it's cheaper to fly out of Cincinnati. Uh, it's a lot cheaper, as a matter of fact, than flying out of Indianapolis. And so she said, "I'd like to fly out of Cincinnati," and and um, but her knee was bothering her because she's she's been traveling a lot lately, and when she when she drives, it gives her a pain in her knee, and and so you know I'm her husband and I'm her protector and. And so I, I said, well, look, I'll, I'll take you to the Cincinnati airport. And, of course, the flight left really early in the morning. And, and, uh, and then she was coming back in the evening on another day. And, of course, the flight would get delayed later and later and later. So I'm driving to Cincinnati 11 p.m. Uh, Sunday night. And I'm thinking, why on earth does she book this flight out of Cincinnati? Why couldn't she have booked it out of Indianapolis? You know, I'd be home by now, or we'd be home by now. You see, even in my best efforts, I fail. Oh, I, my sinful nature can't help but to regret my best works. It always struggles against them. That's who we are, and, and that's why... Luther would say, "Even, even my very best works are tainted with sin because the sinful nature is always there, objecting to it, struggling against it, and wishing it was somewhere else, doing something else, anything else but this. That's not righteousness. That's sin, and it's in us. And that's why I can never leave the cross. That's why I always need forgiveness, and you do too. That's why Jesus came. The Christian life consists of this, always coming back to the cross. There we witness the love of God for sinners, for all of us, and it is there that we receive the power, the ability to love our fellow sinners. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting a more satisfying marriage. That's a good desire. There's nothing wrong with wanting more peace and less negativity. And it's good to pray for such things. But the solution to an unsatisfying marriage is to confess the sins that make the marriage unsatisfying and to turn to the real Jesus for forgiveness, new life, and for the ability to forgive the spouse. The Christian life lives and it grows not by traveling upward to a higher level above everyone else. We live by the one who has come all the way down to us in the person of Jesus Christ, crucified for our sins. Letter A. This is illustrated by the Gentiles. The Gentiles, I think most of us are Gentiles, The Gentiles, who were not even pursuing righteousness, now think of a victorious life, think of a higher level of of sanctity in living here. The Gentiles, who were not even pursuing righteousness, found it in Christ. In other words, they found it in the life of Jesus. Christ's righteousness, his victorious life's work, became their possession, it became their inheritance, not through effort on their part, but through faith in Him. By contrast, Israel failed to find the very righteousness they were seeking because they didn't seek it in Jesus, they sought it in their own efforts. And sin always clings to the best efforts of all of us. My friends, the righteousness of Christ His victorious life is yours. That's God's promise. It is yours through faith in him. That's your higher level of living. It's a gift from God to you. It's not something you can see or observe in you. That's why we believe in it. That's why it calls for faith. Follow me around. You may not see a higher life in the making, but you'll see a forgiven sinner. Somebody who's always looking back to Christ for the hope and the encouragement and the forgiveness that I need to keep moving forward. That's the Christian life. Letter B. We live victoriously not by focusing on victorious living, but by focusing on the real Jesus. Focusing on the real Jesus. Christian living, and we've said this many times, it's always the result of the gospel, not the law. St. Paul wrote, I beseech you, brothers, by the mercies of God, that's the gospel, that's what Christ has done for you, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, which is your reasonable service. And as John wrote, we love because he first loved us. My friends, we never leave the cross. We live constantly in its shadow, thank God. And the real Jesus is the one crucified and risen for you. He didn't come to give you peace, he is your peace. He did not come to enhance or tweak your life. He is your life. He's not a launching pad from which you go on to bigger and better things. He is not a means to an end. He is the beginning, the middle, and the end of your life. He is your alpha and your omega, and he is everything in between. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.